what's going on? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know who it is. This is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast, brought to you by Rocks, Rock and Roll Thrive. Hey guys, we're in December. It is Thursday, December 2nd. Oh God, I'm older. It's 27th birthday today. <laughs> okay, enough with that. But I got one hell of a podcast for you to really kick off this 27th year of me in existence. But before I get started, I want to thank our sponsors. First, Phoenix Fitness Concerts. <laughs> yeah, I keep going to them. I can't stop. And when I go, I cannot help but go to a mosh pit. Like, that is my thing. I want to be in there the whole time, nonstop. Like, I'm not jumping out for any reason. And in order to do that, I got to make sure that, you know, I'm strong enough to do that, that I'm fit enough to do it. I have the energy to do that. So what I do, I go to the gym a shit ton, always working, always lifting, cardio up the wazoo, just cannot stop. But I got to make sure, you know, I prepare right, I recover right so I can keep doing this all the way through. That's where Phoenix Fitness comes in. They help out with different uh, supplements like different uh pre-workouts both stim and stim freeze the stim free stuff because i got enough energy as it is different b-cellular recovery compounds proteins for your morning at night and even after a workout creatines multivitamins whatever you might need to help achieve your fitness goals that's where phoenix fitness comes in our listeners get 15 percent off using the code msotd at fnxfit.com so please go check that out thank you phoenix fitness our second sponsor is custom debuts So for the holidays, go check them out because what you can do is you can really create a whole different musical poster kind of thing for the music lover in your family or friends or whatever. So what they do is is they take a song from a certain artist that you like, anyone, or an album, and what they do is they can create custom posters for you around like the album and the track list or around a certain song with lyrics around like in a vinyl shape. Whatever you want, you can make that happen with custom views. You submit it. And an artist will get back to you within 48 hours to really give you a proof of like what you can work with. And you can make as many revisions as possible before giving the final go ahead. And they'll print on your choice of museum paper, which is like your standard poster paper, or they were printed on canvas or even an aluminum print, whatever you want, they'll make that happen for you. And our listeners get 10% using the code CPP10 at checkout at customdebuts.com. So link for that description below. So thank you, Custom Debuts, for helping us out there as well. And now on to our featured presentation. So this band is a band that I've noticed over the year of 2021 on Facebook, on Twitter, memes, good posts, like just great content to get you to laugh. And they recently came out with a song called Wayfarer. I took a listen. I'm like, holy shit, this song is awesome. I want to get them on the podcast. So yeah, we made that happen. So Tom Kylie from the band Patient 67 is our guest of the podcast. They we talk about how they took the pandemic, how they end up growing their brand, especially being from Western Australia, how they really work with on the social media space, and dive deep in a way for well. Also give you a little preview of what they're gonna do in 2022, which is weird to say 2022, but hey, can't wait to see what they got in store for us. So get your popcorn ready. You ready, guys? Let's go! Yeah! Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast. This band is probably one of the funniest bands I've seen on anywhere online. Facebook, Twitter, you name it. I'm always seeing them drop memes. And they just dropped recently at the end of October one hell of a song called Wayfair. And I'm like thinking, you know what? I really want to talk to these guys. And all of a sudden, here we are. We're making it happen. So all the way from Australia, please welcome Tom Kylie from the band Patient 67. So Tom, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Thanks so much, Kevin. Absolutely stoked to be here. And uh, thanks for the for the kind words on our sense or not so much our sense of humor. <laughs> hey, man, I've got a weird sense of humor myself. So every time I see some random wacky memes, I'm like, ooh. And every time you guys post them, it's always around, you know, your music or always around metalcore or anything within the rock and metal scene. So I'm always all for it. Yeah, I think it's cool. Like, <laughs> it's always good to like not take yourself too seriously. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, if I find it funny, like we'll just generally post and people generally get a laugh out of it. It's good. Yeah, I think I even saw one. It was like, oh yeah, the neighbor asked you to like turn your music down, Pat. After eleven, all of a sudden the time is like ten sixty-five. Like, ah, yeah. <laughs> pretty sure my neighbor you, feels the same way. <laughs> you get it. You get it. <laughs> I absolutely. Do. All right, Tom. So as we open up this podcast, one thing I always like to do is give you a chance to introduce yourself by asking you three kind of questions. The first two, very simple, very easy. If you get them wrong, yeah, there's definitely gonna be some questions asked because they're super simple. But the third one puts you in the spot a little bit. It's always my favorite because 
I love the answers that I hear, and I'll give you like two examples of answers I've heard because they're ridiculous. So the first one is, what is your name? Second one is, when it comes to Patient 67, what do you do in the band? And the third one is, I want to know like a like fun, funny, interesting fact or story about yourself or the band or anything that will hopefully make me fall out of this chair, smack my head on this table, and give myself my ninth concussion of my life. Some of the funny stories I've heard have been a band from Florida, they chloroformed their lead singer, knocking him out, dragged him to a beach, buried him halfway in the sand, took a bunch of like ketchup to simulate fake blood and sprayed it all around him so that when he woke up, it looked like his legs had got bitten off by a shark. Or another one of the craziest ones I've heard includes a a band going to a show all in a van and the guitarist is in the front seat and uh, had to go to the bathroom. So no bathroom done, just went in a cup and threw it out the window. Only for them to be on the highway going 60 miles an hour for the cup to come through the back window, which was open, and give the drummer in the back a literal drive-by golden shower. Jeez, that's they're going to be hard to top. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well let's let's give it a go. So yeah, as as I said, my name's Tom Kiley. Um, I'm the vocalist for Patient 67. We're a we're a metalcore band from from Perth, Australia. Uh, it's a fairly isolated city. Um, you know, in yeah, in Australia, so. Um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of my story. Um, but in terms of a crazy fact, Kevin, I, there's a couple of, there's a couple of good ones, I guess. Um, I mean, we haven't really had the chance to tour, so I don't know about golden showers on the side of the highway, but, uh, (laughs) but probably, I I mean, there's probably something that would definitely surprise people is, um, when Rory, our singer first joined the band, he literally recorded all his vocals on the day of joining the band, um, because we had like a member change and we needed, we needed someone last minute and he just kind of came in and did it. And it was just kind of like one of those moments that worked, but people hear that and they go, that's crazy. Like, it sounds like you guys have been working together for a while. And I was like, we, it was, it was really a matter of doing it on the day initially. So that's probably one, one off the top of my head. But if I think of any more show stories, I'll definitely share them. Oh, please do. <laughs> but that is absolutely insane that Rory joins the band and literally does all the vocals that you're recording in one day, just kicks them out straight away. And then they come out to a point where people are looking back and saying, you guys must have been working for weeks or months on this stuff. It's like, nah, he did one day. That was it. Pretty much like we, this is from, I think, 2017, 18, 2017. And we'd, we'd had the songs written and, um, you know, <laughs> he'd played like a few fill-in shows before for us. Um, and it was like so much fun. And we were just like, hey, do you want to do vocals as well? And he was like, yeah. I was like, come come to the studio. And we just kind of figured it out. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Just let the chemistry flow. And all of a sudden, this is what comes out of it is... You guys play a couple of shows together, all of a sudden joins the band, does one whole day of taking vocals, and then bing, bang, boom. Now you guys are just flying right now with him. And again, you guys just recently released Wayfair, one hell of a song, which we definitely will get into because, well, I don't want to not get into that. And there's a lot going on there. But it seems like, again, when it comes to the band with Rory, right from that get-go, right from that story, it's just, you know, boom, instant chemistry, really letting the band flow, not only, you know, with passion, but also full-on creatively because, again... If he's going to record them in one day, chemistry has to be there. Absolutely. I think that's really under, you know, kind of an underrated part about being in a band is you have to get along with the guys you're doing it with and you have to kind of be prepared to see each other on your best and your worst days, um, you know, and kind of kind of become like a tight-knit group, like almost like a family. So really lucky to have that with the boys in our band and uh, I definitely wouldn't have it any other way. So it's kind of like having a family business in a way where everyone that works there is part of a family because you're definitely going to have to have the business aspects of there when it comes to anything going on with money, touring, all the business side of it. But it's not going to work out creatively unless everyone is working together. The chemistry is there like a family would have. And if you guys have that, I mean, that's golden right there. Not many bands have that. Absolutely, man. It's a really good point. And like I said, definitely feels underrated, you know, when people talk about music. So yeah, very thankful. Um, the guys let me do my thing and definitely put up with me, but also, you know, we empower each other to be, to be great at what we do. And I think that's the main thing. Oh, that's a huge thing because it just allows the creativity to flow because you might have different influences than Rory does. And the other guys might have different influences all around, but if you guys are able to bring them together, be open up to the point where you guys can test out a couple of different things, really work together. You can come up with some seriously dynamic music that that's going to make people just go, Holy shit. Absolutely, man. You nailed it. Spot on. 
Or is also going to make, you know, Alan Harrington on Twitter go on this large Twitter rant about how great Patient 67 is, which I think he might have done already one time. I think that's like the first time I actually noticed you guys was an Alan Harrington rant. of like, okay, you got to listen to these guys. We've got to shout out the Red Herring. I mean, he gave us the, uh, I think, I forget the name of the award, which is bad, but it was a, it was like the upcoming, you know, upcoming metalcore band of 2000 and uh, 2020. And that was like, wow, like it was a huge surprise because, you know, he, like keeps up with the scene, like the heavy scene, more maybe more than anyone on planet Earth. Like it's probably not an exaggeration. Um, and yeah, that was cool. Like to see people like giving us, I mean, people just noticing us, you know, given where we're from. And you know, there's so many great bands out there. We're very, very fortunate. Yeah, because I mean, when it comes to metalcore, there's so many great bands out there. There's so many that I've been discovering as well, along with, you know, with help from Alan Harrington. And then from just Australia as well, there's been a lot of other great metalcore bands that I've been noticing you know, over the past couple of years. But with you guys, because with you being from Perth, which I believe is in Western Australia, correct? That's right, exactly. Yeah, so you guys are pretty much like, when it comes to just the most more well-known place in Australia, you guys are completely on the other side of the whole entire country on that end. absolutely kevin yeah so like you've got like the major like cities on the well right you know on the east coast of australia you've got melbourne sydney brisbane and then adelaide further down you know that's tends to be where the tours will happen um especially for smaller bands maybe making their first trip to australia or even like up-and-coming bands on the east coast they're not really going to go to perth um like a lot of the time purely just because it's so out of the way. Like you could easily just do like an Australian tour of five, six days, hit all the major cities in Perth. It's like, oh, well, you know, if you really want to come, you could fly to us. Like, you know, <laughs> um, so I say it a lot. And but the reality is that's, you know, that's kind of how we've, we've had to mold ourselves. Like the shows aren't going to just fall in our lap, um, you know, nor can you really play consistent shows in Perth without playing the same four venues to a lot of the time, the same people. Um, so that's just the reality of it. And um when I speak to friends in America, like, you know, people who are from the States, they don't understand. It's, it's hard because like so many bands, I'll be like, we'll just, you know, we'll just put all our stuff, put all our shit together, get in a van and do like a 10 day, you know, run here or a 20 day thing here or whatever. We, it's really impossible to do that over here. And um, when you're dealing purely with commercial air travel, it becomes expensive very quickly as well. So <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Air travel is definitely not cheap. Even from being from the States as well. For me, when it comes yeah. to just being as a fan, it's it's very easy for me to look at a tour and be like, okay, what show can I go to? Because from where I live, it's a two-hour trip to three other places outside of the city that I live in that's very likely going to have a show on that tour. So I'm like, okay, you know, that's not the worst thing in the world. But, you know, for you guys, play, you said same four venues to the same people, even though, you know, the people are still going to show up, go absolutely ape shit in the crowd because, well... That's what we like to do. It's fun. Plus, I again listening to music. Like I'm like, this is mosh pit inducing stuff. I want to be a part of this really badly. <laughs> Potentially hurt myself and break my finger again, and then still go because, well, that's what I do. However, it just does speak to the fact that you guys have to work a lot differently when it comes to playing live shows, also gaining notoriety for the band given your location. Yeah, I think that's so. It's so true, Kevin. And the reality is, is that when you're looking at location, it's not even like, I don't even look at it as like a, you know, a demerit anymore. I don't look at it as a, this is something we have to overcome. I don't see it that way. I mean, the reality is COVID has paused touring for everybody in some capacity. Um, So it just means, like you said, yeah, just working a little bit differently, looking at things, you know, from a different angle. And, you know, we had, we had shows lined up over in, over in Melbourne that we were really keen, um, you know, and Sydney and stuff, but obviously with, travel restrictions and our border situation in particular, we have like a hard, hard border. Like no one comes in or out of our States kind of like a bubble, like it's a bubble, like to be honest with you, we're like, well, obviously we're not going to be able to play shows. Mind you, I would like to have played more shows locally, but it's just been hard, you know, venues have been booked, which is good. And, you know, getting dates in line. So we've had to sort of do it a little bit differently and sort of build our, you know, build our brand in other ways. Um, you know, I do. I get very jealous when I see my fa- my friends' bands in the states or my friends' bands on the east coast ripping shows like every weekend in different cities. And I just go, man, that that would be so sick. But that's not been really like on the table for us yet. And hopefully next year, that's when it, when we we do get that opportunity. I'm hoping you guys get that opportunity next year. But when COVID did hit, 
given the capacity, given the space that you guys are in, again, the location you guys are in, it pretty much leveled the playing field for you along with a lot of the other bands that you're alongside with because now ev- now no one can go out and tour. Or this was back again back like March 2020. No one can go out and tour for like a year, year and a half, especially here in the States. I know over in Australia, it's a little bit different, especially with the harder restrictions when it comes to the border stuff. So there's a lot more going on where people had to do different things. But it seemed like you guys had a little bit of an edge on that because you already had to do that. And again, something like that led to the Red Herring, Mr. Alan Harrington, give you guys like the best upcoming Metalcore Band Award for 2020, and rightfully so. And that just adds on to it. So when it comes, I'll just just outside of that, when it comes to the whole entire pandemic, what else have you guys been doing so the fans get a chance to know? What else have you guys, what else have you guys been doing to really help grow the band and grow the brand that is Patient Six Seven and grow your fan base without being able to go out and play live shows really anywhere? Yeah, it's a great question. I think what we've kind of done, Kevin, is just sort of let our walls down a little bit as a band. I, it's just sort of being a little bit more vulnerable with people and just being open and honest about our band and who, who we are and what we're about. Um, you know, like you said, I think the phrase you use, leveling the play, playing field is so true because, you know, for us, it's like it's not – aside from the not being able to travel ourselves to go to shows, like some of us like to fly over and catch tours in Melbourne and Sydney, you know, from a fan perspective, we were definitely impacted and, and we got way less – you know, uh, shows into Perth, like big international bands. Like we didn't get like, you know, those four or five big touring acts a year. So we definitely suffered from a fan's perspective. But in terms of being in the band, yeah, like it didn't change that much for us in terms of like our planning around, you know, we just put this EP out. We put it out twice actually because we did the Home Truths in Feb and then we did the Home Truths um, Deluxe in Feb of this year. Um, So it changed our sort of six, 12-month planning. But outside of that, I guess what we really just did is say, look, man, like people are still, it's not like because COVID's hit, people are not interested in music anymore. If anything, people are more like they're gravitating more towards finding the music. They like more, like they have more time online. Let's take advantage of that. Let's show people who we are. You know, let's have a laugh, but let's also talk about why we write music, why we love music. We're fans too. Let's connect with people on that level. And then, you know, we'll show them who, not, not the other way around. I don't want you to just come to our page and be like, here's a bunch of music and we're patient 67. I want people to get a feel for who we are. And then the music is kind of, you know, alongside that, you know, and I think that's kind of what's been cool and how we've built our little community, which I, I love. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that. With a lot of bands I've been following basically since the pandemic hit that I found out about that are really growing. That is one thing I'm seeing that is very consistent through them is the fact that they're being more, I wouldn't say vulnerable, but being more open to who they are as people to the fans along with not only like from their personal pages, but from the band pages as well. You guys have been doing it. Uh, the band from uh, Seattle called the void has been doing it. My friend Joey Brea and varsity has been doing a great job with this as well, yeah, where yeah. you guys are just connecting with people, op- being open, but also showing more of a fun side for yourself. So showing more of your personality, who you are, because yes, you are musicians. Yes. We love to listen to your music and we connect with it, but we also like to know who you are as people as well and get a better sense of that because then, I don't know why. It kind of feels like we have a little bit more of like this emotional investment in the band because if we know more of your personality and we enjoy that person and we like who you are as a person, like we're going to feel more connected to the band. We're going to want to listen to more of the music. Not only that, but we're going to want to share more of that music with our friends, with people that also like the same kind of music that we do. Or we go to concerts and we're like, you know, in between different uh, bands when the sets are changing and you get that 30 minute time from you're just talking to random people like I always do. You know, bands end up going throw around left and right. Like, okay, you know, who are you listening to? Like, who does this remind you of? Kind of what are you into? And all of a sudden, next thing you know, because you have created this emotional connection to people just by being yourselves, giving them a laugh you know, maybe making them feel better about themselves just because maybe you're sharing something that you went through and they connect with it. They're going to end up referring your band and your music to other people through that. So it just creates this connection that is a lot longer lasting than you might be even expecting. Absolutely. I think that's, that's so key. It's just connecting with people and finding that, you know, finding that common ground and and sort of letting people into a a little bit as to who you are. And I think with my favorite bands, I've always loved getting to know of course, the music is the first thing, you know, I love the music. I love what the sound is and I love what they're about. But I think what we've tried to do is just be, you know, not be so serious all the time. And that I don't just mean just like, it's not all about us. It's not all just about posting, you know, here's our band. Here's what we do. It's about what, what are you guys into? What's going on with, what's going on with you and your lives and how can we, you know, as a band connect with you on that, you know, and it's just simple stuff like that. And I think, 
you know, because we've been so busy with music as well, the music lends itself to that. It's like, and people become more interested in, in you and your band when you give them the same time back. Now, obviously, one of the challenges I've found is as we've had more people sort of listening to us is sort of how do I, um, how do we as a band sort of continue, you know, because it's easy to say that when you have a you know, certain amount of people versus I think of like huge bands that have like millions of fans, you know, that's the, that's tough, but we still want to find different ways of giving back, you know, to people and, and, you know, posting, you know, about ourselves and, you know, outside just the music. And it's just that balance, you know, Kevin, it's just a bit, of, a bit of everything. Oh, I totally understand that, especially because as you continue to grow, yes, you're going to still want to connect with everybody and keep fostering those connections, keep fostering that positive connection with yourself, with the band and the fans as well. But as the band continues to grow, it's going to be logistically impossible to get to everybody. That is understood. And this is something I've talked to many other bands about. And I think one band that really is a good template to go off of that's still, that has a rather large following now, but it's still continuing to grow is from ashes to new. Anytime they mm, post anything, mm. it's, are they going to, are they going to end up commenting on everybody's stuff? No, there's way too many comments. Are they going to end up commenting on a lot of other people? Like a lot of stuff though, they're still going to comment on a good amount of stuff. And it's always yep. going to be a unique comment every step of the way. If you're able to do that, even if you're not able to hit everybody, people are going to be able to see in those comment threads that you've connected with those people that you've, you know, you're still connecting with them, still saying stuff. And it's still genuinely you. It's not the same like cut and paste kind of stuff. That still goes a long way, even as you continue to grow. Absolutely. I think that's a perfect example. They do it so well. Um, and I didn't even realize, like, I didn't realize they were kind of lending themselves to being that, you know, band that's more, um, you know, more approachable. And, you know, they're DIY as well, I believe. I don't believe they're signed to a label anymore. And I think there's something in that as well. Um, they've just kind of had, they've taken all their, like, they are the band. Like, everything that they do is through the band. I love what they're about. All for it. Oh, absolutely. Same here as well. Cause I mean, I got to see them once this year. I ended up having uh, their guitarist Lance in the podcast back in early, oh, early nice. January. And I was stoked for cool. that. It was just fun as all hell to be able to connect with them on that level and seeing what they were doing, just having the freedom to do what they wanted to do in terms of not only making the music, but also the content they're providing online and just the connectivity they're driving. And for you guys specifically, I mean, the thing that always stuck out to me was all the memes you end up posting as well, because again, it's just like the humor wise, it just connects with me because a lot of the same stuff you post, like it's funny. It gets me like, it gets me to laugh. So that keeps me interested in the band. And all of a sudden when you guys came out with the Wayfair, I'm like, okay, I got to make sure I listen to the single. It's like, yeah, there's so many other bands that are coming out with music. I'm like, no, 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 no. I got to listen to this one. Like I got to listen to this one specifically because it was already stuck in my head. That's yeah. That's awesome, Kevin. And I think as a band, that's, you know, and ultimately it's like good, it's fun content to post. Like I get a laugh out of it and I like to think we're pretty on level with our, with our people who follow our band. And it's like, if I find this funny, I want to share it with people. They might find it funny too. And, and a lot of the time it's like, Oh, like, but what about like the same situation, but it's like this or like this. And I think people can use a laugh right now, man. There's still like a lot of, a lot of things in the world that are, that are not like, you know, it's not always great for everyone. So if we can be a chance for people to just come and not take themselves too seriously. Um, and then, you know, obviously the music is, is the underpin of it all, Kevin, that drives it all. Um, but in between that, we can be very, you know, open and, and yeah, just have a laugh with people. And uh, I spent too long sometimes actually making the memes. I prefer just like, <laughs> what, like viewing them, but sometimes I can't help it. And it's, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Cause I'm trying to make more memes for like the stuff that I'm doing as well. And I think I <laughs> yeah. spent the night before we did this interview, it was like, I spent maybe two hours making like six or seven of them that I wanted to. I'm like, okay, you know, these are coming out better than I want than I would normally been doing. But I'm like, man, these are taking a lot more time. However, I do take time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> however, when I end up posting them, I'm just like, okay. Like I look at them and I'm like, these are actually kind of fun. Even though I get like, you know, a quick two second laugh out of them. I still get a laugh out of them. And all of a sudden I see the stuff that you guys post along with a lot of other people post. I'm like, you know, this is funny. This is a place where I can, you know, if life ain't going very well at a certain point, or if I'm having trouble with something, I just need a time to just kind of decompress, de-stress. Look at this stuff can be funny as all hell. And it, it helps in a way. It helps just kind of like not take life as seriously, especially with what everyone has gone through since March of 2020. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And that's, that's key. It's just being, like I said, not being too, just being who you are, you know, having a laugh, but like I'll talk about meanings behind our songs. I'll talk about all of that and just share a little bit of ourselves where we can. And yeah, it's good. It's good to have a laugh. And 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 also just kind of social media is such a crazy place. Like it's such a, you know, 
I can, it can be kind of assessful sometimes of just different viewpoints and, you know, opposing opinions or whatever. And if you can just kind of unite with people in, in a certain way, I think that's, that's kind of powerful. And I think that's what I love about social media is that it can be used as a tool to help bring people together as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, take, I'll use Alan, Mr. Uh, the red Herring. Mr. Alan Harrington is a perfect example. Seeing the amount of people that come to his Twitter account, just mm. to see everything that's going on in the scene, what new releases are coming out from new bands, like new albums, new EPs. And then like, he'll list a singles from bands. And like some of them you've never even heard of. I'll then go through the like bottom thread. And I found a couple of bands. I'm like, Oh shoot. I'm having them on the podcast. I've had them on the podcast. It's like, they're further down the list and they're not that big, but I'm like, there they are. Like, this is yeah. something, and I keep seeing people like throw like different opinions, like, "Oh, here's this, here's this album from uh, let's it's like here's a new album from Phineas. What do you think of it?" And everyone's just like, "Holy shit!" And it's just creating more buzz <laughs> around that, and just throwing all these different things around to just create more of this uplifting area on social media, where most of the time you either see a bunch of arguments, a bunch of political stuff, and come on, it's like yeah. what was that? What was the phrase? Don't take life too seriously. You're never gonna get out alive. Yeah, something like that, and I think that's that's it, man. It's just it's it's just ta- it's just turning the vault, it's just turning the intensity down a little bit, just know, a, for all just, of us, just a little bit. And <laughs> you did say that you uh, you also post like you know when it comes to your music stuff that you wrote about the songs, like means of the songs and stuff. So I do want to jump into that specifically so we can start talking about your uh, latest single, Wayfarer, because. When I go and listen to a song and I try and like figure it out, like I will go as deep as possible. I'll try and figure out every inch bit by bit and always start out with the meaning of the song. So I try and figure out what the meaning of the song is going through it. So I got to ask when it comes to Wayfair, when you wrote it, what was the full meaning behind it? Mostly because I want to see how close I also came to like figuring out the meaning on this as well. And your Actually, cat sorry, is, sorry. She's, your cat is being like the star of the show right now. <laughs> she lo- she can't. If I'm not giving her attention, she just has to. Um, yeah. So Wayfarer is um, that's probably like one of the trickier ones because we actually we wrote even though we've put it out as a second single, it was kind of written at the tail end of our recording sessions, and I was kind of looking for inspiration behind different ideas. You know, for me as a vocalist, you know, I try to draw on things that are like relevant to me and things that like you know I things that are happening in my life or that I can directly relate to. And Wayfarer was um, written about that. It was written about a graphic novel that I read about like, you know, wanting, um, you know, if you were like to have your life like kind of play out in a single day and like how that, that anxiety that that gave me and the fear that, that it gave me around, you know, um, you know, having your life kind of pass you by really quickly and that's why the song refers to a lot of like different things about like, you know, getting older and aging and like being like regretful. And like, that was just kind of that anxiety and fear that I had. And that's what I put into the song. Um, and it was a really cool song. Like Rory wrote a lot of riffs that I think fit like really spacey ambient, even a little bit progressive by our standards anyway, you know, definitely a lot more, you know, guitar driven which i loved and it was a chance to just kind of write like more like conceptual lyrics and try something a little bit different i'm really glad we did well i'm not gonna lie this might be one of the first times where i think i was rather far off when it came to figuring out the meaning of the song because usually i'm pretty spot on when i figure them out but i think this time i was a little bit off however i do enjoy where you're coming with that because when you look at your life and you can kind of, it's like kind of like that life flash before your eyes, you kind of see it play out in a day, like a movie style thing. You're going to end up being anxious because it's like, okay, you know, what happened here? What did I do wrong? You know, what could have happened? There's a lot of what ifs and maybes that end up popping in your head. And that does drive up the anxiety. So it does make a lot of sense to me where I could see it, especially with the way that the instrumentals progress throughout the whole entire song, which I can easily get to a little bit later on because yeah, they definitely show that. Yeah, I think, and like it definitely was a song that was a bit more open to um, interpretation than some of our other stuff. So I don't think there's like a, like, it's not like a hard, like, this is what I wrote the song about, you know, you either get it or you don't. It's very much like a, just a song that I wrote about like general, like sort of, you know, fear and like, you know, wondering, you know, what would happen if I were to look back on my, like, you know, on our lives and wonder what we could have made of the ourselves and, you know, um, yeah, it's like I said, definitely more conceptual than what I'm used to. So yeah, I was happy to try some new things. I think it's important to experiment, and um, and yeah, I really was happy with how it came out. You know, tracking vocals for that, I just got on a, a different level than I had previously, and it was it felt really good. 
Okay, now here you kind of go a little bit deeper. Now I feel like kind of like where I took it kind of makes a little bit more sense coming in the song because when I was listening to it, trying to figure out where I came up with it was kind of talking about what we've all gone through since March of 2020. Kind of dive into it. The song, yeah. like it's going on about these events that take place that are leaving irreversible marks and scars in our lives. And sometimes we may never learn the lessons being taught to us in those moments. It is something as fragile as anything kind of like built out of sand. If you take a look at the uh, the Almar work, it's like a sandcastle. So it's potentially yeah, yeah, as yeah. fragile as that. And if we never learn, there will always be this divide amongst ourselves and others or even internally as well. It takes a look at the depth of our problems that, you know, especially the pandemic has showed that we may never learn from our mistakes and learn from what we, you know, lessons that have been taught to us and can continue to take certain things for granted once again. Yeah, that's probably completely fair and correct it's just yeah and and i think definitely the pandemic aspect is is for real and it's like you know we've all had a lot of chance to kind of reflect and like kind of but also being incredibly anxious and kind of worried about what the future looks like and in that in those moments you can't help but look back on on how things have played out and you know things you might have done differently and and um you know I think that's where the song ultimately does come from as well as a place of like reflection, but also a place of like what's next and what happens if, if I don't have those answers right now, you know, and that's kind of, kind of what, what sort of fueled the, you know, the sort of panic state of the, of the song. So. Yeah. And I think another thing that also helped out with the panic state of the song was in my mind specifically was when I was listening to the verses, because listening to the verses, you guys have so many different, like different transitions, different sounds that are going on all over the place in there. And it really does create that like panic and anxiety feel because you're never sure, you know, what turn you guys are going to make, where the guitars are going to go, where the drums are going to go, where's everything going to go throughout this whole entire verse. There are so many different transitions here and so many different like small changes that constantly drive up that feeling of like sort of panic, anxiety, just keeps it flowing. But it makes total sense and it really makes the song stand out right from the get-go. Yeah, I think um, that's a great point, Kevin. I think we wanted to keep people on their toes a little bit. You know, we can, we and we do, we have lots of songs that are very structurally like, you know, A to B to C, A to B to C, and they just kind of go through. This was a chance, you know, Rory is a guitarist who's definitely come from a background with a little bit more, you know, progressiveness and like isn't afraid to try new things and we didn't want to sort of hold him back on this song we just kind of said you know we want you to write what feels natural and um you know we'll build on that and we did we did play around with it a little bit you know to give it like the three choruses and include like the breakdown and the this this third sort of part but we did want to keep it kind of oh like what's happening oh it takes you from there to there and keeps you kind of on your toes so i think it's good as a listener when you you don't know what to expect. I think that's, you know, that's always a cool, cool thing to have every now and then. Not gonna lie, it definitely made trying to like go through this song as deep as I normally go through it a lot more difficult than normal because of how much was going on in those verses. Because yeah. Yeah, as yeah, I was yeah. looking at I'm like, you get points where you're getting this like cranking guitar style and drums to go along with that consistent pace. Then you get points where this more funkier style, that guitar, but also within the same metalcore fashion, kind of is a little bit of a broken up style. There are times where the drums are rapidly filling the background, the guitar is taking a lighter melodic oh, yeah. approach, a ton tone over the top of There's so much going on here, but why I'm a huge fan of it, and I'm taking a look at my notes with some specifics so I don't fuck this up, is because when we take a look at those times where those anxieties and like, are we trying, like especially let's take a look at the pandemic, you know, a lot of us are going through so many different things and things are com- consistently changing day by day. Even when you're looking at yourself as well, potentially looking at your life kind of flash before your eyes, like over a course of a day, kind of the concept that you start out with. Again, there's going to be constantly things going and changing every step of the way. And just with how much is changing here, the consistent changing nature in the verses is paramount. And this is felt complete through the instrumentals throughout all of it. And they never seem out of place either. It's just the quick transition between each piece within these verses was you know it was you could clearly tell they were there but it was so well done to the point where nothing felt out of place it was the point from you know you're gonna start out here and all of a sudden you're gonna make a quick transition to you know maybe like that more like funkier metalcore guitar all of a sudden you know faster drum fills just constantly going all over the place it all felt like it flowed together and i gotta say this because i put this at the end of it this really kicks ass <laughs> thank you man yeah yeah you you, you summed it up better than i i ever could and uh, like i said it's a song we definitely wanted to put out there to kind of show people that, you know if we're going to do singles you know we like to try and be like what have people not heard before from us or what people what do people like about our band that we really do bring to the table in a in a you know we've really nailed it on this song and i think that's what wayfarer is like i said it was 
one of the last ones we did at the end of our recording session. So we wanted to, I guess at that point we were in the, the frame of mind of being like, Oh, like, let's try this or let's try this. Or like, you know, this guitar lead. And I'm like, Oh, like I'll do like some different style vocals. And, you know, ultimately it does create a bit of a mishmash effect, but when you tie it all together, you know, in the three and a half minutes, you know, however long the song is, it definitely creates a, I think you listen to it and it does kind of all make sense at the end. And I think, the chaotic nature of the verses versus the like melodicness of the the chorus. I think that's a balance that we're very comfortable with. Um, and I think, you know, like I said, we, we have lots of other songs where there is that more structured approach. Um, and then we have ones that are maybe a little bit more like we have to rein Rory in sometimes because he loves to just go all out. So we still, we try to find that happy medium, you know? No, absolutely. Cause even like taking, taking a look at the verse as well on this song, really with Wayfair. They're all unclean throughout the whole entire uh, verse, no matter what. And they keep kind of that same roughness tone overall throughout them. But I'm not going to lie. When you guys did this, I was thinking about this. This was one hell of a smart move in my mind. The reason being because with those instrumentals being so dynamic as they were, and they flowed so well together, and there needed to be something that kind of held that together because I've seen times where bands have done that crazy dynamic stuff, and it sounds cool, but at times it feels all over the place. It feels like there's yeah. nothing really holding it together. And the unclean vocals really held the whole entire thing together because their consistent sound allowed you guys, especially with the instrumentals, to be dynamic in the pattern and like letting the vocal follow the instrumentals, give the song the tie that needs to be kept together. I love the move here, and it shows the power of the song overall. Plus, they show more of this desperation, confusion, energy that we all felt during the pandemic through those vocals. So how everything was working together within that, holy shit. Like I was just trying to, I was sitting with this thing for probably maybe 20, 25 minutes before I could actually write out this because I was thinking, how am I going to put this out there? But like, I'm trying to make sense of all this, but I'm not sure how I'm making sense of all this. And that was the closest thing I could come up with because yeah. there's so much going on there. Yeah, it's cool. I'm glad you. I'm glad you took the time to do that. It's it's always really sick when people take like their interpretations of it, and obviously you put like the time in. I think that's really really cool that you picked up on those things. And yeah, like I said, we're not going to be we're not going to be a band where we go and and sort of do you know the same thing over and over again. Obviously, you know, at our core, we are a metal core band, um, and you know, a heavier band. But we're always going to lean into different. Uh, different things, you know, different elements of other, other like, you know, music styles and stuff like that, you know, which I know is kind of a cliche thing to say, but ultimately that is what we do. We don't like to be like, Oh, well that kind of sounds similar to what we did on like this song or this song. And we try to find different ways to continue growing and evolving. Um, you know, and when we, with other stuff that we have written, like playing in the future, there is a lot more of that. Like you'd be able to sit with the song probably for 10 minutes and break it down a lot easier. But this is a song where we decided to sort of, you know, be a bit, liberal with how we sort of did it and even even the lyrics like i said different um <laughs> different way of writing for me as well so the whole process was definitely one of like what can we do that we haven't done before but what can we still do to make sure we retain that like same patient 67 sound you know in terms of you know the vocal dynamics and the you know um and the melodicness and things like that you know so it was it was that balancing act oh absolutely and that balancing act is gonna be something you're gonna have to play with throughout the rest of your career but what you said in there really speaks to what I think a lot of the bands that really that pe that people really latch on to create their own sound really do is they know what their sound is at their core, which you guys do with page 67, but you guys are willing to work within all these other different styles. Maybe put something from, you know, maybe funk into something, maybe put something from like a pop rock element into something and just put your own spin on it to really make it sound like, you know, it's going to be a different song overall than maybe something you've put together beforehand. But at the core of it, it's still going to be Patient 67. I mean, take a look at some like your, maybe some of your favorite bands and you take a look at two songs that might be completely contrasting. But when you listen to them, you know, it's them no matter what. Yeah, so true. I think like the my favorite bands are very, you know, they they're not stale. Like their music isn't stale in the sense that like they're writing the same you know song or record that like, over and over. But you know they're constantly you know finding ways to tie in what they're great at doing. Things that I love about them, whether it's you know the awesome vocals or like you know I love the like you know the riffs or like the breakdowns, whatever. Like they find ways to consistently integrate that while also finding ways to like try new things that keep listeners and fans you know coming back for, for more. And that's that's really the ultimate challenge. I mean to even be at a point, Kevin, where where we're able to have that conversation around what our sound wants to look like. I mean, that, that to me is something I, I never thought we'd even be thinking about, you know? So 
it's definitely a new it's definitely a new territory for us but i'm incredibly excited and um you know as like i said as a fan i love when bands do that so i think it's that you know that push and pull type scenario so oh absolutely because if if you're gonna end up sounding you know the same consistent sound throughout your whole entire career if you want to do that i totally understand that it's no big deal it's if that's what you want to do as an artist that's what you want to do but if you want to you know have that course on play around with a lot of these different influences that you have or that other members of the band have fuck yeah go for it. you never know what could come out all of a sudden you could be playing something that has a soft more you know lighter touch to it I'm, and i'm gonna use ice nine kills as an example for this take a look at their initial silver scream album take a look at a grave mistake like it has a lot more of that like hard rock but also like hard rock ballad flow to it then you go to like stabbing the dark which is just like heavy metalcore then you go to it is the end which is just wacky as all hell with them having like oh yeah freaking ska horns in there from the guys from less than jake and i listen to all three of them I'm like i know this is all ice nine kills no matter what but it's so three different sounds and also all those songs like i still listen to them today consistently so hell yeah it totally freaking works and when, it, when you were talking about just, you know, with you guys kind of bringing some more of that melodic sensibility back that's really at your core, when listening to Wayfair, that's where the choruses really hit for me, specifically instrumentally, because when you got to those choruses, those drums are still consistently fast behind this melodic wielding at times guitar tone, and it creates more of this full blissful realization of the song just from that. It's a lot of with the guitar tone because this is where we realize we need to learn from, you know, what's going on and what the lesson we've learned specifically if we're talking about the pandemic, because if we don't, we are completely screwed in the long run. And that could be what got us there in this situation or to not take things for granted that we lost when they come back. Like for a lot of us, live music. Oh yeah, no question. I think you you should do breakdowns on all our songs. You, you understand them more than me. <laughs> I love it. I think that's really good. And uh, yeah, Kevin, you, you're you're so true. And the Ice Nine Kills comparison, you know, in terms of you know a band that kind of has their you know here's here's what we are, here's what we are known for, here's the things that we. Um, you know, that people love our band for. Oh, but here's like 12 other things we haven't tried before and they all work somehow without any issue. So <laughs> that was basically the Silver Scream too. I'm like, there's so many different things going on in here and like almost every one of these songs, like these songs still are going to stand up on their own like three, four years from now. We're still going to be talking oh, about dude. this shit. So, oh, dude, yeah. 100%, 100%. <laughs> So, like, again, it, it's something where it's, I'm not, no one's gonna, no one's saying, you know, do what Ice Nine Kills does, but we're saying is, you know what you know what you are as your core when it comes to the core sound of page 67. You know what you guys want to try and do. Let the creativity flow. Let it happen because if you guys know what you want to do but then are able to play off with it and really experiment with it, what's going to happen is you can potentially create, you know, incredibly dynamic songs like you do with Wayfair, especially with the verses. And also you might come up with something completely different. Or like I saw you post like with the next single, the next single is going to have a bleh in it so you know it's going to yeah, be that's, good. That's true. And that, that part is true. But I'm just like, people would, I knew people would find that interesting. And I'm like, yeah, it has a bleh in it. Okay, right. I'm going to tell everyone about it. <laughs> Literally right when I saw him like, all right, I'm going to listen to this new single when it comes out. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, cool. <laughs> like, I'm already you, interested you, in it just from that. You don't need a pro, you don't need promo or marketing. You just need to tell people that there's a blend in the song and stocks go up like 100%, apparently. <laughs> I mean, I'm not... When it comes to metalcore, I'm not... I'm pretty sure, you know, again, Alan Harrington probably saw that. He's like... <gasps> nice. Yes. <laughs> Word. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, that's going to be good. I, you know, we like to tease out stuff as well. It's always It's always a good time. Oh, I mean, especially when it comes to if you guys are able to tease it out, but tease it out in a way that's going to keep interest going and have fun with it. That's going to be something that's going to, again, continue to increase notoriety within the band. Because if you start, you know, creating memes that are going to end up like teasing the next single, <laughs> you never know what might happen. All of a sudden you might create, you know, this absolutely wacky, ridiculous meme, create a whole new template for something. All of a sudden people pick up on it and start going, you know, absolutely insane using it. And all of a sudden it's going to get traced back to you. It's like, okay, now we got to listen to the song this initially came off of. Or you might, you know, potentially find like a meme template from, you know, something that's rather big on the internet, like, uh, I don't know, something, anything from The Simpsons, SpongeBob, maybe a Brendan Fraser Eddie. meme, and just have a good yeah. time with it. All of a sudden, you know, like, I'll use the Brendan Fraser meme as an example. All of a sudden, a bunch of the fans of the 1999 Mummy movie is going to be like, okay, this is freaking awesome. They're going to post yeah. it and be like, okay, now we got to listen to this band because they might have something yeah. we like. <laughs> Yeah, I think you, yeah. <laughs> it's all it's all about that that um you know that fine fine line between you know we want people to 
see our see our band not taking ourselves too seriously, but when it comes to our music, like we kind of want it to speak for itself as well and be like, hey, like if you like this or this, you might like it, or if you don't like it, that's cool, but, but like you should you should totally give it a try. And I think it's just that you know creating that environment where you know people feel like they can just be like, oh, I saw that band on Facebook, I'm hell going to check out their music and just kind of you know not not overthinking it too much from there, you know. Yeah, I mean, hell, there's been times where all of a sudden I've seen ads from bands on Facebook and Instagram. I'm like, oh, some of these ads are kind of cool. It's like every time the ad pops up, it's like, okay, you know, this ad was actually kind of fun to watch, so I'm going to watch it again. Next thing I'm like, okay, now i got to listen to this band. Or sometimes I look and I'm like, ha, I like this one. I should listen to this band. Wait a minute, I already have listened to this band. I already had them on the podcast. I'm going to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keeps you coming back for more. <laughs> exactly. And, I mean, just starting out with the fact that you said you had a blah in the next song. I mean, even in my mind, I'm like, oh. <gasps> Okay, here we go. When's it going to come out? When's it going to come out? I know Wayfair just came out, but I don't care. When's the next one going to come out? Like, I'm just already excited for it. Man. I'll send it. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you afterwards. You can have a listen and you can you can decide for yourself. <laughs> so I'm going to have to have a listen and then basically do my whole deep dive review for it and send it back to you. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. This one will be a lot easier to dissect. It's more Um, the next single is definitely out. Um. I can't lie; it's probably my favorite song we've ever we've ever written. But that's not as cool to say to people on Facebook. If you say that, if you say, "Oh, it's my favorite song," they'll be like, "Okay, sure, bud, heard that before." But in all seriousness, it is, um, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorites. And um, we've, you know, I think the guys in the band realize how much we we love this song. And um, yeah, I just can't wait to put it out. Um, you know, to build on what we've done with Wayfair and Damage Plan, um, it just makes me very excited. It, honestly, you could always say, you know, it's like, oh, this is, the most, this is my favorite song. But like you said, you know, I read that on Facebook, right? That on social media, people are going to be like, yeah, you know, okay. You probably yeah, said sure. this a number of times. But if you make it creative as all hell, like this is my favorite song ever. This song is going to, you know, this song when I was writing, it made me want to just go and do uh, like all these random crazy things because I was having so much fun to like, you know, j- I don't know, let's just say, you know, skydive with Queen Elizabeth II. Like, that's how it made me feel. Like, all of a sudden, I'll be looking like, what the fuck's he talking about? But now I'm interested. I'm going to listen now. <laughs> but now it's like, I have to check this thing out because why the hell not? Like, if that's if that's how writing the song made you feel, I'm like, I'm going to want to feel that exact same way. That sounds hell awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, it's... um. And that's the, the, my favorite part about, like, you know, writing music and putting it out is getting, you know getting to see how people relate to it and getting to relate to people around it. I love that element. And, um, you know, that's, that's me too, Kevin, like, you know, how does a song make you feel? And this, you know, Wayfarer, you know, and, and damage plan, they, they filled me with like different emotion. Like, you know, like I felt like, you know, kind of uplifted, but also equally like, you know, kind of in that space of feeling a little bit in despair and like wondering what's next. And, you know, all those emotions that music makes you feel, that's why I love it. You know, I'm sure that's a huge reason why you love it. And when I'm writing music for the band, that's the same feelings I want to give back to people who listen to us. So it's like writing with the fan fans in mind is something that's really important because, you know, like Ice Nine Kill is a good example or, you know, other bands that I've been jamming at the moment, Era, Currents, like they're all good. They just t- they just tick those like emotional boxes where I'm like, hell yeah, I'm like hyped as hell or like I'm sad as hell or like I'm just vibing like, you know, music's about about feeling, you know, I think, I think in a lot of cases. I, I don't think it's in just a lot of cases. I think it's in like almost every single case because, hmm. I mean, the reason why I'm into music so much is because of how much I connect with it, how much it positively impacts my life overall when I listen to it. And, of course, there's certain bands yeah. I listen to when I listen to them, you know, certain emotions come. When I listen to uh, Ice Nine Kills, I'm always having a fun time in a good mood just because of how it ra- insane some of these, those things are. Whenever I listen to like a band like Falling in Reverse, like something's always not going right in life and I'm just kind of angry at the moment. And I'm like, okay, now it's like, Let's do this. Let's do this anger energy for something. It's usually, you know, go to the gym, start listening to a bunch of falling reverse. I'm set. I'm ready to go. Or if like I'm kind of need to find a you know a way to just like feel like myself again, I'm just gonna listen to Rise Against for at least like 12 hours straight, and I am set. I am good. And when it came to Wayfair specifically, it did bring up that emotion of kind of anxiousness and despair, but also made me want to run through a fucking wall because, come on especially with those verses and then of course kind of what you guys did with that bridge to the breakdown i'm like i want to run through a freaking wall with this I'm like i'm ready to go i might have broken down my door my landlord would have come up and like what the hell are you doing kevin like listen to patient 67 what are you doing <laughs> i think you've, you've summed it up if you can get any even a quarter of that way in terms of feeling it like that's you know job done job done <laughs> honestly it's like the you can make a meme like are you feeling it mr crabs and i just be like yes yes i am feeling it i'm feeling it <laughs> i'm, I'm definitely feeling it, feeling it. 
to the point where when it comes to when, when it comes to when I you know go deep dive into songs as well, I do like to wrap them up at the end, like do this overall you know summarize of how what I thought about, and I put for Wayfair specifically. Overall, this song took me from you know maybe I should definitely give Patience and Seven a chance to. Holy shit, how have I slept on these guys for this long already? Their creativity oh, yeah. with the verses instrumentally to always change something up while keeping the energy and emotion of the entire song this like consistent is incredible. And that consistent use of unclean vocals with the dynamic pattern makes it feel like it is all together and not missing a single piece, single beat, whatever. Plus, the chorus also stands out on its own to show us a realization that if we don't learn from our mistakes, that we will doom ourselves and go through 2020 or what we went through in 2020 once again. The mark of a great song is if both pieces can stand out together in contrast and make each part better for it. And Patience 67 absolutely does that here. Mm. That's that's killer man yeah <laughs> if if people can take that away from listening to the song especially the part where you said around you know maybe they haven't listened to our band before and this is their first you know chance to hear us if they hear that and want to hear more or hear that and they think they want to come back i think that's you know that's perfect you know what giving people that chat that sort of opening and seeing our discography they can go on spotify or apple music or whatever Bandcamp, wherever they're listening, and just be like, "Hell yeah, I'm gonna try more. I'm gonna listen to more of these guys." And I think that's that's what we love about dropping these singles is you know opening the door for people to give out give our band a chance and an opportunity. Yeah, because I mean, with with Wayfair and with you know me noticing you guys all over social media, and all of a sudden, of course, Alan Harrington, I saw you drop this. Like, I gotta listen to this. Like, I gotta see what you guys are coming up with. And I mean, after reading that like summary overall stuff, you can clearly tell I am so fucking glad that I did that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. You got, you know, it. it's a, it's about that discovery phase. You know, if people check looking for new music and finding bands like us, that's they're the best sort of people, man. Best sort of people. Yeah, and now I'm just like, I, I can't wait to all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, you know, later in 2021, when the uh, this podcast is up releasing, it's gonna be like, you guys are gonna want to listen to this one. Why? Because patient. 67 is a band you gotta listen to everybody you gotta check them out yeah hell yeah (laughs) you know probably make some random ridiculous meme for it as well because that just seems like it's in good taste and in good you know kind of comparison to what you guys do it's like i gotta make some random wacky meme for this and if i don't i probably will end up getting yelled at by myself i feel like you know now's the time now's the time to do it if you're ever going to do it for a band this is the opportunity Oh, I will make when it comes to the preview videos I always make for the podcast, I'm making sure these are going to be the craziest, wackiest memes I've ever come <laughs> up with. And there are some that I, I'm going to have to, tr- it's going to be a struggle to top some of these, but give me enough time. I think I can do it. You're going to do it, I reckon. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, Tom. So before we, you know, close out this podcast, one other question I have for you is now that we're closing out 2021, going into 2022. What is the future going to look like for Page 67 going into 2022 with, you know, potential new music? You know, what are you guys going to end up doing? Any moves you're going to make? And also specifically, do you guys think you're going to be able to, you know, not only tour more other, like towards that East Coast in Australia, you know, actually have more borders open up within Australia and potentially even tour other places outside of Australia, like the U.S. or Europe or anywhere else, you know, in the world? I think, Kevin, the 2022 for us is going to be, a really important year for our band. Um, we have we're going to have a new a new record out. It's that's locked in and that will be happening. Um, yeah, so that's that's the best thing I think is getting that new music out for people. And you know, outside of that, it's really going to be trying to play shows where we can. We obviously want we obviously would love to go and hit the east coast of Australia. Um, and you know, if further opportunities present out of that where it makes sense for us to do it, we will hundred percent be on board. But I guess people can expect more of more of what they do. Hopefully, like about our band, you know, more music, plenty of that, you know, you know, more awesome content from us. Definitely more shows, you know, when borders, you know, relax, um, and just bringing more of what we, you know, building on what we've done this year and really sort of solidifying ourselves. You know, we want, you know, I would love for people to continue to um, help our band grow with us and help to make Patient Sixty Seven something that. Oh, it's growing into something that I never, never could have imagined. And just to keep doing that next year is, is really the goal. Just to keep doing what we love and, and seeing what happens from there. Fuck yeah, that's a great way to put it. And when it comes to you know growing that fan base, growing supporters are going to help your band grow. I can already tell you this: you, you got one right here. 
<laughs> that's it, man, and that's that's incredible. And I'm 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 gonna have to go back and do a deep dive in your pods because you're a, you're a wonderful podcast host. You're very very cool. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I always try and make it so it's like you know we're having a conversation. It's something like you know. It's like, like I said earlier, it's not going to be just a bunch of questions. It's going to be a conversation. Like we're literally sitting in a room together, drinking a beer, shooting the shit, and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. But of course, yeah. music is going to be at the center of it all. Absolutely, man. Love it. I'm here for that. Absolutely. So, Tom, as we close out this podcast, the one thing I like to do right at the end is give my guests a chance to say whatever they want to say, plug whatever they want to plug, promote whatever they want to promote at the end of the podcast. So, Tom, floor is yours. Hell yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Kevin. Um, yeah. So I guess the biggest thing we have coming up is uh, on December 4th, um, or I guess December 3rd evening, your time in the States, we're doing a full, fully produced live stream. Um, like we've already recorded it and stuff, but it's going to be like our gift back to our fans. You know, ha- we keep talking about when, when are we going to come to the States? When are we going to go to Melbourne? We were like, bro, we can't even play a show in our hometown. Like we had a show shut down on the day because of COVID restrictions. So what we did was we produced a fully, you know, it's a six song set. So it's like if you were seeing us open for like a, a cross country band on like a cross country tour or something. And it's like integrated with like a documentary style interview thing and um, a live Q and A afterwards with me and, and the other boys. So please um, consider checking it out. It's on our tickets are on our Facebook page, only a couple of dollars. It's, and it just goes, you know, goes back into our band and we, we want to put on a hell of a show for everyone. So December 4th, page 67 live at Oracle, it's happening. Perfect. Well, I know when this podcast can come out, it will come out right before that ends up happening. So everyone listen to the podcast, time to end with three things. First things first, when it comes to Patient 67, there is a lot that you're going to want to end up following. You're going to want to follow them on Facebook, Twitter, for all the crazy content. You're going to want to get your tickets to that live stream stuff. You're going to want to, you know, check out the website. You're going to want to buy some merch. You want to check them on YouTube. You're going to want to, you know, stream your stuff, Spotify Music, wherever you can. You're going to want to just have it all for with page six, seven. Trust me on this. But I know what you guys are thinking. Kevin, please, for the love of God, make this as easy as possible for us to get into page 67. We don't want to search up this stuff. Do the work for us. All right, fine. I'll do the work for you. Look at the script for the podcast. You see, you're going to see something that says find page six, seven online labels, links, everything you need is going to be there. One click, one stop shop for you to like their stuff, subscribe their stuff, follow their stuff, buy some merch, buy a ticket to that live stream event, which I will have the link in the description for those tickets as well for you guys and stream their stuff because, you know, like Tom said, there's new stuff coming out in 2022. You're going to want to be in the know about it already. So you're going to want to have that saved. You're going to want to be following them on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever the streaming service you might use. So I will make that as easy as possible for you. So Tom, now time for number two. And it's a promise I like to make to certain guests I have in the podcast. I've absolutely enjoyed having in the podcast, which has happened, I want to say 100% of the time so far. So Hell this yeah. is something that, you know, it's more like a streak at this point. And the streak is not broken today. So this promise to you is this. It is not an if, because if implies possibility of not happening. It's a when, <laughs> because when implies it's going to happen, time frame to be determined. So when I get to see patients except perform live for the first time, my promise to you is this, sir. First round's on me. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. That's it. Looking forward to it, man. When when it happens, when it happens, yep. I'll see you there. It's gonna it, be it is a promise. Whether it's you guys playing over here in the US, either you know me coming down to Australia, hitting up a show, or if for some reason you're in Europe and I'm in Europe at the same time, fuck yeah, I'm going to a show. You see can, you there. Let's <laughs> we'll book it in. It I'll happen. see you there. <laughs> so, Tom, with that all said, I cannot end this podcast and I'll get conscious goodbye because one, I would love to have you back on the podcast again when you guys are ready to release the new album so that I can deep dive the whole entire album. We can talk about it every step of the way. And I have to make good on my promise because, well, I don't want to, you know, make a promise and not make good on it. That seems kind of weird. So I got to make good on my promise. So I cannot end this with goodbye. That's way too final. I'm going to end it with this, bud. See you later. I'll see you later, bro. I'll see you next time, right? Yep. See you next Thanks time. Thanks for buddy. having me. Thank you so much. Hello, folks. That was my interview with Tom Kelly for the band Patient 67 out of Perth, Australia. Man, was that one fun. I cannot lie. That one was a lot of fun. When it comes to finding Patient 67 online, take a look at the podcast because you're going to want to follow them on social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. They post some of the best stuff you're going to find from any band in the scene, rock, metal, metalcore, whatever it might be. You're going to want to check it out, even Tom specifically as well. So I will have links in the description for you as well along with links for their live stream event, which is happening 
the weekend of December 3rd, December 4th. Again, depending upon your time zone, it will vary, but the link will be in the description of the podcast for you as well. Also links like website, merch, where you can stream their music because you're going to want to listen to Wayfair if you haven't. You're going to want to follow along with this band if you are not because trust me, good stuff's coming in 2022. Also, if you're not following the Court Progression Podcast, please do so. Follow our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't. And if you're listening on Spotify Podcast, iHeartRadio, or Amazon, give a subscribe there. If you're listening and subscribed already, can I say one thing to you guys? Can I say one thing? Thank you. I really appreciate it. And that wasn't supposed to be sarcastic. Like, thank you. It's like, you know, radio. Thank you. Like, Thank you. Seriously. I'm, I'm, I'm being dead serious. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you guys subscribing to the podcast, listening to the podcast, supporting the podcast, and supporting Page 67 as well. Also, thank you to Phoenix Fitness and Custom Debuts, our sponsors as well. Again, links and the promo codes in the description of the podcast below. So, if I was going to have a podcast for my birthday, this was definitely the right one to have. This one was a lot of fun. So, on that note, that's going to be it for me today, guys. Thank you for watching this to the Chord Progression Podcast. Breath of Episode City Rocks, Rock and Metal Thrive. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single way. This is a big, healthy, and hearty. See y'all! Yeah!